0: Welcome to Toolbox and Testimony, the podcast meant to equip you with tools to help you navigate Christian life and to encourage you with stories of God's faithfulness. I'm Tanner Van Beek, campus ministry worker in Des Moines, Iowa. Welcome to episode 9 of TNT. It's the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, As I'm sitting here, actually, it's snowing outside. It's the big flaked puffy kind of snow and it's not technically the first snowfall of the year i don't think but it's the first snowfall in a while and so today if you haven't busted out the christmas music yet it's definitely time it's definitely time i've already had christmas music playing for a month i realized that i probably just lost at least half of my listeners but you know what you know what i call people who are very picky on this subject A bunch of Scrooges, yeah, that's right. A bunch of Scrooges. You know what Christmas is about? Jesus. You know what our whole lives should revolve around? Yeah, Jesus. So that's what justifies me playing my Christmas music 365 days of the year, that's right, all year round. Come at me. Before we get into the episode, I wanna talk a little bit about something new that I've been working on. If you're pretty close to me, you know that I'm passionate about reading, I'm passionate about compiling good resources, and so I spend a lot of time looking through uh, different Christian websites that put together resources and articles and blogs and podcasts and stuff like that. And you probably also know this about me, that I get pretty irritated and kind of annoyed when I come across a blog post or an article on these popular Christian websites that's just very clickbaity, very fluffy, very... well, basically when the, the premise is just borderline ridiculous. Now, I'm all for being practical from taking the gospel and then writing about its implications in our lives, but I just think when you go so far that you're writing your gospel slant on the greatest of all time debate between Michael Jordan and LeBron James... I just think that's too far. You know, I'm even a big basketball guy, and I love LeBron and I love Michael Jordan, but I just don't think that that belongs on a website like the Gospel Coalition. <laughs> I think my free speech allows for me to say this, hopefully. Please, please don't cancel me, Tim Keller, please. I don't want an author to take something super pop culture-y and... Try to connect it to the gospel and write their gospel slant on it just to get likes, just to try to get me to read it. I want to be connected to Jesus, I want the gospel to be preached to me. That's the thing that's encouraging to me, that's the thing that's gonna bleed over into my practical everyday living. And just to reiterate, I'm still gonna go on the gospel coalition's website, they're very helpful, and I love reading Desiring God and a bunch of these other. Uh, different popular websites. But I'm just saying that we need to practice the skill of discernment when we're reading and and determine what is going to help us in our Christian life. And so I launched a website, toolboxandtestimony.com. It's really simple. It's not trying to be elegant or complicated. I'm not trying to do too much there. There's basically only two features. The first one is the podcast. All the episodes of the podcast are hosted on there. And then the second is called a curator. A curator in a museum is like the person that is the manager. They are in charge of lining up what exhibits are going to be there. And so like I said, I read a lot of articles. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm kind of all over the web in that regard. And so I kind of want to serve as a curator and just bring in these resources all into one place that I think do really well at helping me to exalt christ in my life and help me walk with him and so i'll put out a weekly post on toolboxandtestimony.com where all of those resources are compiled probably five to eight resources per week Um, just tools again tools to to help us along tools to stir up our hearts for jesus and so now I actually want to announce a giveaway to promote that new website and the new weekly curated content. And so I'm going to be giving away a copy of Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. It's that book that so many of the guests on the podcast have been recommending. It's so, so good. It's good for your soul. Um, I just can't suggest it highly enough, but we're going to be giving away a copy. I know a lot of websites require a lot to get your name into these giveaways, but I'm only going to require one thing. Go to toolboxandtestimony.com. It's very simple. At the bottom of the page, you can sign up with your email to follow. It's going to send you a confirmation email in your inbox, so go into your email and confirm, and then you'll be signed up, and you'll receive those weekly emails with the curated content with those resources in it. And then you won't miss out on the new posts and that's it that's all you have to do i can see whoever signs up with their email to follow and so i will announce a winner next week monday on november 30 next week monday on november 30. so go to toolboxandtestimony.com follow there sign up with your email and it's actually not like there's 7 billion people that listen to this podcast, believe it or not. If you sign up, there's actually a pretty good chance you're going to walk away with this book. So hop on there and do that. And I really hope that toolboxandtestimony.com is just a useful tool for you. Now let's add another tool to the toolbox. So in my devotions, I've been reading through the book of Second Samuel. And I came across this passage that was just such a clear gospel parallel, it immediately became one of my favorite passages. It's the entirety of the ninth chapter, 2 Samuel chapter 9. It's really short. It's a really short chapter. Uh, I'm still not going to read all of it here, but I'll basically summarize it for you. This is all about King David. King David is now sitting on the throne of Israel. He rules over all of it. And in the context, this is after King Saul and his son Jonathan had died in battle. And this caused David a lot of grief, a lot of sorrow, because King Saul was God's anointed king over Israel. And Jonathan was David's best friend. They were very, very close. And so now here we have King David. He's ruling over all of Israel. And he says, Is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake and so he orders his servants to track down anyone that's left of Saul's family and David's servants bring back this servant named Ziba Ziba is a servant in the house of Saul and Ziba tells David that Jonathan still has a son left Jonathan still has a son His name is Mephibosheth. (laughs) It's really long and tough to say, so bear with me. Mephibosheth lives in this faraway town and he's crippled. He has very weak feet and ankles. He can't walk by himself. And so David sends for Mephibosheth and he is brought to the court of King David. now Mephibosheth is in David's courtroom before the king and we need to understand that Mephibosheth is a very lowly character he's a very lowly person in this narrative for a couple reasons first of all if you were royalty back then and someone else took over the throne your life was in danger Mephibosheth's dad was killed in battle and so he had nobody to protect him and now there's this new king and typically if there was a new king, the king would kill anyone that was left in the royal family to stop anybody from getting the idea like to have an uprising to overthrow the new king and take back power. But Mephibosheth escaped and went to a far away town to live. But he lives there as this disgraced, lowly orphan who has no family left. And not only is he this lowly orphan, but he's also crippled. He can't walk by himself. He can't provide for himself. He's this lowly member of society. He's on the bottom rung. And now he stands before King David, God's anointed ruler over all of Israel. The contrast between the two of them is immense. And then King David does something truly amazing. Out of the kindness of his heart, he tells Mephibosheth that he's going to restore all of the land that belonged to Jonathan, all of the inheritance that Mephibosheth would have gotten, and he's going to get it back, effectively making him incredibly wealthy, incredibly taken care of. Now this in itself is amazing. But David didn't even stop there. He didn't stop there. He goes on and says, Not only this, but you will come eat at my table. Always. This lowly, crippled orphan is invited to eat with the king and the rest of the royalty and the king's friends for the rest of his life. Amazing. In the state that we are in, inherently... We are spiritually poor. We are spiritually lowly. We are spiritually crippled. Because of our sin, we are disgraced. We are filthy. There's nothing that we can do to clean ourselves up. There's nothing that we can do to make ourselves worthy. We can't provide for ourselves. We're separated from God. We can't do any righteous things. We can't do what we were created to do which is to worship and exalt the Lord Jesus with our lives, we can't do that when we're in our sin. There we are, sitting in the gutter, filthy, crippled, disgraced, lonely, with no hope whatsoever. But then, just like Mephibosheth in the story, the king summoned us. The Lord Jesus is the king. Colossians says that Jesus holds all authority and all power and all things were made through him and for him. He is king over everything, all creation. He is king over you. He is your king. More often than not, when I'm talking about Jesus, I refer to him as the Lord Jesus. And someone asked me once why I do that. And while he is my best friend and I know him truly in that way, He's the Lord of my life. He's Lord over everything, and I want to exalt him. I want to honor him. The Lord Jesus is the king, and he summoned you to his courtroom. And there you stood, and he took you up out of the gutter. Everything that made you dirty, your sin, he took upon himself and said, this is mine. He cleaned you from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes in his blood. He washed you clean. And he adopted you. He gave you this inheritance, like Mephibosheth's inheritance, but greater. He gave you this inheritance of eternal life. You get to know the God that created you. You get to pray. You get to enjoy fellowship. All of these things are a part of our inheritance, but just like in the narrative, the Lord Jesus doesn't stop there. His grace is abundant. It's overflowing. And he says, you will come and eat at my table forever. Isn't that such a picture of the gospel? We are going to be with Jesus forever and we're going to get to enjoy him forever and properly and perfectly worship him without being held back by our sin, by our filthiness, by this world. That is our future, friends, if you are a believer. Our hope is in this kind and generous and loving Lord, King Jesus. This gospel is truly amazing. Thank you for joining me for episode 9 of Toolbox and Testimony. We have our Facebook page. Hop on Facebook and give us a follow. There's that email address, toolboxintestimony at gmail.com. But don't forget about the giveaway. Go to com. Follow at the bottom of the page. Sign up with your email. And you'll be entered into a chance to win a copy of Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. But also poke around on there. Enjoy the curated content that's on there already. But then be expecting even more coming your way. Until next time, I hope your soul is encouraged and your toolbox is heavier.